Welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, this is Patty, and today I am excited to talk to you about one of my favorite topics. So interestingly enough, in my own mastermind that I belong to, my colleagues were all talking about how much they hate sales. And as I've been working with some of them to help them shift their relationship to sales, I'm seeing that even with these uh, high six and seven figure earners, that sales can be complicated because it brings up our stuff. And so if you have struggled with sales in your business, maybe even selling yourself to an employer or selling a partner on going on vacation to a certain destination, whatever it is, most likely if you feel uncomfortable selling, it actually has more to do with the energy that you're bringing to the conversation. And although there's lots of different ways that people can find sales difficult, meaning from an energetic level, I have found that there's three places that trip up most purpose-driven human beings, especially purpose-driven entrepreneurs. And if you have a business, this podcast is going to be especially helpful for you. You know, a lot of times people feel that they're not good at sales and that that's a permanent condition, that some people are just born good at sales and others aren't. And I can promise you that isn't the case. I was actually excellent at sales in corporate banking through trainings, meaning I wasn't good at it you know, initially, I didn't know what to do. There was actually a process to learn. But once I learned it, I was very good at it. I was, um, I regularly increased the uh, market share in the territories I covered. And I had received a lot of awards before I left corporate banking. However, when I became an entrepreneur and the thing I was selling was actually myself, those skills I had when I was in banking did not translate one for one into my my own personal business. Of course, I understood the structure of a good sales conversation, but what a couple of different things need to shift for me in order for me to actually first get good at sales and then get to a place where I actually love sales, which I can't believe that I'm a person that can say that, but believe me, I've gotten here. And part of what's gotten me here is rejiggering what I learned about a good sales conversation, like a technically good sales conversation. I stopped doing certain things that are encouraged in a traditional sales training or strategy that really inflates the amount of pain that someone might be feeling. And I was able to shift and restructure sales conversations in a way that they became 
a real act of service to my ideal clients, I also learned to filter who I had sales conversations with to make sure that we were both using uh, our time well if we were getting on the phone and having a sales conversation. And I'm not going to get into that side of sales in this podcast, but I am going to do a training on it next week. So if you're listening to this podcast when it goes live, you can grab your seat in that training if you go to pattylennon.com forward slash framework. That'll give you like the structural how I do a sales conversation, how I teach my clients to do a sales conversation, you know, what to say, when to say it, that type of thing. But even when someone understands completely how to have that sales conversation, and this may be you, you may know how to technically have a sales conversation, yet they don't always go the way you want them to. Then this, what I'm going to share with you, I think will really, really help. And it has to do with three energetic shifts. And they're, they're somewhat mindset shifts, but they, they're so much deeper than mindset that I really feel they have to do with our energy and the energy we bring to sales. So in the very early part of a sales conversation, you want to connect the person you're talking to to their vision, to what they want, and their reason for buying or potentially buying whatever it is you're selling. Now, this is the case if you're selling someone a service like I do, or you're selling someone uh, a product, you know, a piece of jewelry, makeup, a widget, even Coke does this. And so you want to connect them to where they want to go. And now for those of us who are purpose-driven, who've really been brought to our businesses because of a deep desire to change the world or to help, oftentimes when that person is going to the place that they'd like to be at, why they'd be hiring us. So for me, if someone's hiring me because they want their business to grow, they want to make more money, they want to have more time, they want to feel more freedom in their life and have a business that runs like a real business, well, that vision can often bring up some pain for that person because they don't have it yet. And I was just doing some sales call training with a woman who I just met and she has an amazing product. She Through her service and through this system she created, she heals people of a problem that the medical community has not been able to address effectively. And so when people come to her, her ideal clients, they've often worked with people in the medical field and they feel shame for not being able to improve. Doctors have made them feel that way in some cases. Sometimes just society in general has seen them as lazy or not working hard enough. So she's got people who are really feeling you know, weighed down by their inability to succeed. And this I see happen with so many of my clients, whether they're you know, a coach of some type of field or they create solutions to people's problem. The fact that the client, the potential client has a problem and wants to get somewhere, thinking about that future can bring up a little pain. Now, I said earlier in this podcast, I don't believe in structuring a sales conversation to inflate someone's pain, and that is absolutely true, but you do want them to really connect to where they want to go. And when they think about getting there, what can happen is that there is some pain present because where they are right now doesn't look like that. You're not creating that pain. In that case, you're holding space for that pain. 
And so that's the first energetic shift is be willing to hold space for someone else's pain, the pain of them not having what they want yet. And oftentimes, if you're a helper or a healer, that can feel really uncomfortable, especially if you're an empath where you feel what other people are feeling. And so creating solutions that allow you to do that is the most important energetic shift you can take. Now, what that looks like in terms of a solution is first going inside, and this is no easy one, two, three fix, but you want to go inside and really get to the core of why being present with someone else's pain creates discomfort for you or even makes you feel afraid. Most likely it goes back to your childhood. For if it's not some deep wound that has gone unlooked at, oftentimes bringing consciousness to it is the first step to fixing it. Grounding yourself before you get on a sales conversation with basic grounding techniques, you know, visualizing running tree trunks into the ground or from the base of your spine or running a grounding cord, any of those techniques can really help. And then deep breathing ahead of the sales conversation. You don't want to do deep breathing in the sales conversation because you'll appear very strange. Like if someone's breathing hard on the, you know, on the other line when when they're selling you something, that's weird. You don't want to be weird. So you just want to make sure you do keep breathing though. So those are some basic techniques. Of course, if you want to work with someone on a, a longer basis, if you know that your discomfort with being present with someone else's pain is a deep wound that goes back to childhood, I strongly recommend you find a therapist to work with. I'm a huge fan of tapping. I know I've been talking about lately a lot because I'm actually working with a tapping therapist right now, and I just love it. It's just creating so much freedom. And certainly if you want to talk to me about working together in a broader sense, I do work on this with my clients in a bigger context of growing their businesses. So that's the first place is you just want to prepare yourself to be comfortable, to be present with someone's pain, because there is a huge act of service that is happening if you can create if you can hold space for someone else's pain. Because oftentimes that pain, the person on the other line translates it into shame. They think there's something wrong with them. And if you can be present with them and really honor the fact that, hey, this is not a big deal. Like you can get where you want to go. You know, you just got some steps you need to take. When you can be in that space with them, that actually creates a lot of space for them to move towards a solution. So that's the first energetic shift. Once you've gotten comfortable with someone else's pain, or even when, actually, especially when you haven't gotten comfortable holding space for someone else's pain, what can happen is you have a desire to fix it for them. And that desire to fix it for them is probably what led you to create your business if you're purpose-driven. The problem is the kind of fixing we do inside of sales conversation is very short-term. We basically alleviate the pain in the moment. But really, if, if you could fix someone that quickly in like a 20 or 30 or 45-minute call, then you'd be 
you'd have an amazing business model on your hand, I'd say. Charge a lot of money for those calls because you're saving that person a ton of time and stress and energy. But almost always when someone holds pain because of a solution they're trying to reach for, losing weight, getting healthier, making more money, getting, you know, relieving themselves of like a disease, any of these things that are, you know, typical solutions that purpose-driven entrepreneurs offer, they don't happen overnight, right? They don't they certainly don't happen in a half hour or an hour call. And they need some time. They need support to work towards the permanent change. So when you when your gut instinct is to fix it for them in the moment and you strategically start to move away from being in a sales conversation, you start to be in like a coaching conversation or a consulting conversation or a fix-it conversation. What happens is you make the person feel better in the moment, but that really can keep them from actually making the choice to work with you, which if you are the right person is really a disservice to them if they don't invest in you because it's really the longer term work that's going to get them where they need to go. And this feels off for us. And and believe me, this took me a long time to get here, to to get out of that fix-it habit, because it became clear that every time I fixed it for someone and they chose not to work with me, inevitably they came back three months or six months, or I saw them work with someone else because just feeling better inside that call didn't actually get them the long-term results they needed. And a lot of times what will happen is they feel better with you and you would think, oh, they feel better with me. So then when they decide to work with someone, they're going to work with me. That's not usually what happens. What happens is they end up working with the person that holds that space of pain for them and, and doesn't fix it in the moment because that person is engaging in that sale while the person disconnect is alive for them while the person's pain is alive for them. And of course, there's some not so great people out there that actually inside that sales conversation really inflate that pain to really push someone to make that decision. And and so if when you see people out there selling like that and you get mad, especially if they're in your industry, I'm telling you the best way to fix that problem is to show up in this more powerful way in your own sales conversations. Respect your work. Respect the person that's in front of you, either by phone or in person, that's having that sales conversation. Don't fix it for them. You know, Be brave enough to wait for them to invest in the long-term solution. So that's the second energy shift. And then the third energy shift, and this is a completely different, it's not about wanting to fix another person or be uncomfortable with their pain. It's to really be comfortable receiving, especially when you are selling something that you believe is a gift that you have. You know, when I, for the longest time, um, the things that I help people with, with you know, making money and, and having sales conversations and learning how to use teaching as a method to bring clients and all of this, you know, all of it at the heart of it, the reason I was good at it was I learned how to connect people to their unique gifts, to their unique soul's path. And so I was more successful with my clients than maybe someone else was because besides having this traditional business 
you know, structure and this way of teaching business, I was also integrating that soul work and helping that person get on their path as opposed to picking something that was like, you know, a pre-structured one, two, three, step-by-step process that may have worked for a coach and they were trying to sell it to other people. I created customized approaches that were ideal for that person's soul. Well, that was a divine gift that I was given. It wasn't um, something that I, you know, invested hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars in like I did in my marketing knowledge and my business knowledge. And so I felt guilty charging, you know, the right amount for me, right? What my soul told me was the right amount. There was guilt in there. And that was an extension of me feeling having a hard time receiving for my gifts. And that's very normal for for empaths and for purpose-driven entrepreneurs. I could give you a million reasons why, but just the high-level ones are we naturally as healers and helpers, we're socialized to give and not receive as kids. So that's the psychological reason. Energetically, although we've garnered our success in life typically from being good at our external, you know, what we can do externally for other people, we don't always spend as much time understanding how much the divine loves us and that we deserve to receive and that the divine wants us to receive in equality to what we give. And then just really out there metaphysically is that many of us were, you know, shamans and, you know, uh, wise women and medicine women or medicine men in past lives where we didn't have to ask for money for what we did, where the tribal relationships sort of just set us up to take care of that. And so this is a very different lifetime for us. And then, of course, there's probably you know past life wounds. But even if you don't believe in the past life stuff and, and if you don't believe in the divine in connection stuff, which if you don't, I'm not sure why you're listening to this podcast. God bless you. But <laughs> clearly something's brought you here. But if you just need the basic psychological, what's called phenomenological reasons. So phenomenological means something happens in our environment and it and our brain calculates it to mean something. And so then we interact with our environment in a certain way based on those beliefs. And because of the way we act, the environment starts reacting similarly, and all of a sudden we've created a relationship with the environment. And in order to change that, we have to start acting differently. That's called phenomenological approach to psychology. And typically most psychological approaches, you know, whether it's cognitive or behavioral, even gestalt, all of those typically rely on that type of relationship with our environment, which means we have to act differently to get something different. And that means we have to take care of ourselves and see that that no one died in the process, which is kind of how our brains calculated it. So it's about, you know, doing the inner work to understand that we deserve to receive. And that's, you know, when we do that and start to see our worthiness That is where when you say the price of what you offer, your voice doesn't shake or you don't start to apologize for it or, you know, all those structural things a lot of people do in their sales conversation. And those are things that I will go over in the training next week on the the sales call framework training. So if, you know, if you want to 
kind of get better at that piece of it, definitely join us for the training. It's free and everyone is welcome. So there you have it. Those are the three energetic changes. Now, I did mostly talk about it in respect to being a purpose-driven entrepreneur, but if you're listening and you're you're in corporate work, this applies to you as well. You know, so many times women especially, when I was in the bank, I saw they spent more time trying to make other people feel better than honoring, you know, the discomfort that was in the room and just letting it be. And when you don't step in and try and make everything better and that discomfort has the space to rise to the top, then you can wait until the moment where it's an opportunity to actually create a bigger fix to the problem. This goes with receiving. So many times people have trouble asking for a raise. It's because you feel bad. You 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 feel like someone's going to judge you for wanting more. All of that comes down to your ability to receive. So these are things that we all can benefit no matter what kind of work we're doing, we can benefit from. Same thing goes even when I the example I mentioned earlier where you're talking with your partner about a vacation, maybe that partner doesn't want to spend money on the vacation or maybe they don't want to go to the the place that you want to go. Maybe it's not about money. And so really are you, you know, are you willing to sit there with them as they're unhappy? right? And have an active discussion about that. And then are you willing to honor what you need? Now that when you're in a partnership, it doesn't mean you get to have what you want and ignore what they need, nor does it actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, that's the same thing as when we're in a relationship with someone on a sales conversation. The ideal sales conversation is one where both parties walk away feeling the full benefit and joy of the relationship. And sometimes that means not having the sale. Sometimes that means having the sale. If you are right now engaged in sales in any way, shape, or form, I'd love for you to, as you engage it, really look at these three three energy types, these three energy shifts that you can make and kind of kind of just mentally say to yourself where you think you are with them and then use some of these pointers to shift a little upwards in you know your ability to have the kind of sales conversations that you want. Now here is the the amazing result of doing this work. At least for purpose driven entrepreneurs, I'm going to tell you from my own experience and from my clients' experiences. And believe me, I have lots of clients that say the same thing. I love sales. I Patty, I can't believe you you got me to fall in love with sales. And here's what it is: when you get through these energy shifts, you you show up clean in the sales conversation. And then you can really be of service to the other person. Because to me, a successful sales conversation isn't one where you get the sale. A successful sales conversation is one in where by the end of the sales p- conversation, the person on the other side you know, of the conversation, your potential client, knows exactly what they want. They know exactly what where the gap is from where they are and where they're going. They know that you have a solution for it and they feel empowered to take that solution. That requires that if you are not the ideal person, that you do not offer 
what you have to sell. And again, that's part of the framework conversation, but it's in that really showing up cleanly energetically and then showing up cleanly around your intention that you can fall in love with sales. And it can be this amazing experience where every time you get on a sales conversation, you're like, I am so excited because I know that I'm about to help this person. I am about to help this person get clarity. And if they are my ideal client, I know that they're going to work with me and I have the power to grow my business. So I hope that was helpful. Please, if you've got any questions on this, send me those questions, patty at pattylennon.com or better yet, join our Facebook community, Wealth and Purpose, where we have lively conversations about sales and marketing every week. Our community is amazing. They are value-based. And what I mean by that is they are focused on bringing value to the marketplace, being in integrity, and following their purpose. So if that sounds like you, join us because I know you're going to fall in love with this community like I have. Thanks. Have a great day. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Wealth and Purpose Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found us. It fills my heart when I read a review and helps us reach many more people. So thank you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.